Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today I have the distinct pleasure to bring to you Wendy Wilkins. Wendy is an award-winning actress, writer, and filmmaker on a mission to change the world by making it a more harmonious place through utilizing the creative arts. As a former cop, Wendy's memoir, Sex, Love, and Cops, is available at various outlets, including Amazon and Barnes & Noble. She was also the number one realtor in Australia, personally selling a billion dollars in real estate. An Australian native via London, Wendy now resides in Hollywood, California, and is honored to have recently gained her U.S. citizenship. Let's give her five claps for that. She is currently appearing in as a Devil Wears Prada type boss in the dark comedy movie, Deanie Bean is Dead, streaming on Amazon Prime and other outlets. And I am so delighted to bring you to the show. Wendy, welcome to Wickedly Smart Women Podcast. Thank you. I love it when my resume is read out. It reminds me of where I've come from. Thank you. Oh, well, and of course, where have you come from is one of the big questions that I often bring. But what I want to start with with you, Wendy, is first of all, let's both give a shout out to our friend Lou Diamond uh, from the Thrive Loud podcast, because it was through Lou that you came to Wickedly Smart Women. And we love Lou Diamond. So shout out to Lou. Yes. Thanks, Lou. Love Lou. And thanks for introducing me to the fabulous angel. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to start our time together today, Wendy, by you and I have a couple things in common. First of all, I've been in the real estate business. And second of all, I've had some interesting experiences with cops, including a one relationship where there was sex and love involved. So <laughs> I want to talk to you about, you know, how did you become this multidimensional creative being that has so many different areas of interest as well as areas where you're generating income? Sure, sure. Well, um, it's funny. You can't sort of really, I think, connect the dots you know, looking forward, but looking back, I think you can. And when I was a little kid, I used to put shows on for my grandfather and in the backyard and I'd charge him an entry fee. Now, who does that? So that was kind of crazy. But I think if you look at what you played at when you were a child, someone told me this once, is is possibly your vocation. So I would say an actorpreneur, you know. So I've always felt that, you know, whatever I do, I want to be successful, you know, money-wise and and enjoy the journey. But that's another thing that I just realized, you know, the true definition of success is waking up every morning and pretty much choosing what you do. So so that sort of joined the dots going backwards is how I came to be here today (laughs) doing that. Yeah. 
Beautiful. Well, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, you were a billion dollar producer in the real estate industry. When I was in real estate, my, my last little jaunt there, I had about $100 million in assets under my management. And then I was building a multifamily project with two partners. And so for me, real estate was definitely also like a performance, right? So it sounds to me like you have woven in this performance in a way that also allows you to generate money. So can we talk about how you've leveraged the creative arts and the performing arts into, you know, a lucrative living for yourself? Yeah, definitely. As a realtor, I think really helped me become an actress and being a cop really helped me become a realtor because, you know, as a cop, I was only 19 years old and, you know, I had to learn, well, on the job, how to not be scared to interrogate someone or ask the questions. And, you know, nicely, I used to say, how about getting in the back of the divvy van and going down the station for a chat? <laughs> so, you know, instead of using, uh, I didn't have the bulk, you know, and most times they would get in the back of the divvy van and go down the station for a chat. So, so using communication, really, and then when I went into real estate, uh, which was not really a plan, I had a boss in radio advertising who was in real estate and he talked me into trying it. And I really did enjoy the journey of, you know, helping people find and build wealth through property. But I started out with a big, well, not started out, but I was selling a big development where people would come into a display suite and, you know, you would have to sort of be a chameleon where, you know, you might have a truck driver come in who's, you know, on the road all day, but, you know, he's built up some funds and wants to buy this really nice apartment or you have an intellectual type or, you know, so you really have to talk at the level of the person you're dealing with. So that kind of segued into acting actually without even thinking about it, that to be a good actress or actor, uh, you have to listen and be truthful in the moment. So the authentic uh, way of being a realtor and really listening to what somebody wanted and then, you know, matching it. I think it's sort of all intertwined. Mm, I agree. Well, it's interesting because when I was selling at that last project, right, uh, I was partners with the two partners, but they had me selling from the trailer, from blueprints and dirt piles. So I would bring people out to the dirt pile and say, imagine. So I used a lot of imagination. And then when they built the model home, right, they took me out of the sales office and replaced me with four people. So, so pretty good at what you were doing. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think acting and real estate and probably being a cop. I mean, I think this is a different kind of a lens on it where you're really in the position of influencing people's perception and influencing their behavior in a certain way. is Am I hearing that correctly? Yeah, I mean, I didn't sort of think of that consciously, but it's all about kind of creating a rapport really quickly, but by the same token in an authentic way, because I think people can read if you're not authentic, you know, mm. and I think most of my success as a realtor, you know, was, and, and I did the same thing, actually, a lot of that, it was called selling off the plan, where you would have to imagine a vision and, and paint a picture, and that is the same with acting, and as a cop, it's really frustrating to me to see what's happening today, and I mean, 
you know, most cops I know are really good and I joined because I wanted to help people, you know, and make a difference. And I, I think most do, but, you know, I, I just can't understand how these situations happen where a chokehold and killing someone like that because if you were communicating and, and seeing and reading the situation, you you would see that that's not the thing to do. So it's it's really frustrating to me to see that and sad, you know. Yeah. Well, how long has it been since you were a cop? Well, you know, funnily enough, it was 20-something years ago, but things haven't changed that much. You know, I wrote the memoir not that long ago, so it was quite a cathartic experience, and I wrote that with planning to develop it into a series like Sex and the City but with cops, but it really was cathartic to revisit my, you know, time as a 19-year-old, popping my cherry in various ways, you know, sexually, love, first murder, first arrest, first punch in the face, you know, so, but it was a really cathartic experience to go back and and see, and I would say, you know, back then it was really a a man's world, and uh, it hasn't changed that much, unfortunately. You know, did you know, I mean, one thing I was researching recently that in this country, it's only about 12.5% of the police force are women. We need more women, wickedly smart women <laughs> in the police force. I think that would help, you know? Well, yeah. And, and I mean, we could spend a whole episode just talking about the police and the police forces and the difference between the good cops and the bad cops. I definitely have had experiences with both. As I mentioned before, I had an amazing experience with a police officer who literally saved my life. And then a second one who followed him, who kind of just put the exclamation point on saving my life. Right. And then I had a relationship with a cop when I was in my 20s who literally put his gun in my face. So I've seen both the bad cops and the good cops. And I'm yeah. sure you have too. I'm sure when you were a cop, you knew you knew who the good ones were. And you right. probably also knew where the bad apples were. And I think if we're just going to talk about this piece... The thing that frustrates the outsiders, the people who are not behind the blue line, is if you are a good cop and you know at some level who the bad cops are, we kind of have the expectation that it's on you to root the bad apples out of your organization. And yeah, yeah, so we could, again, we could go down a bad rabbit hole on that (laughs) one. We're not going there today. Um, What I want to talk to you about now is this whole idea of how you leverage the creative arts and how you want to inspire and help others to be able to access their own creativity and to give themselves permission to be doing a lot of different things across a lot of different industries, which that's something that I've done as well. But, you know, you really model it beautifully that you've been successful in three very kind of diverse industries, but this thread of the creative arts uh, runs across all of them. Thank you. Yeah, I'd say that, you know, looking back now, that really the reason why I'm successful and in my own terms and my definition of success, as I mentioned before, is because I really do what's in my gut and follow that. And then the money will follow or the, it's always there. And I think I learnt as soon as I had the potential to make a lot of money, it wasn't so important anymore, you know. And I'm sure you can relate to that and many of your listeners and all these wickedly smart women that are so successful. As soon as you know that you have the potential, it sort of frees you up because money should not be the why you're doing something. So when you have with your creative 
juices or just in your gut, you know, feeling that you're doing the right thing is, is really mostly the way to go. So I'll just share that I was, you know, I was the number one realtor. I don't know if it was Australia, but definitely Melbourne. I was earning 500,000 a year. I was driving my Porsche, you know, mini celebrity in that world, but I couldn't get out of bed in the morning and I was still doing really successful. So I just knew something was not working and I'd always wanted to be an actress, but I was brought up that that wasn't a career. So finally, to cut a long story short, I just decided to follow that path. So that's why I went to London first. And, you know, sometimes I'd think, and think, wow, was I crazy? But here I am, you know, 15 years later with a major part in a movie on, you know, major streaming, which by the way, that was a part that was, the breakdown was for a star name. And I went for it because I just knew that role was for me. So I suppose what I'm trying to impart on your audience is to to listen to your gut. Don't, I mean, it's good to have the goal, the end goal, but really just take one step forward, one step forward, one step forward. Because, you know, I did have the big uh, starry eyed, I'm going to arrive in Hollywood and I'll be discovered in six months and I'll have an Oscar. But, you know, it doesn't quite work that way. But, you know, looking back, again, this definition of success is so different to what I thought it was before. But I am you know, juggling these balls in a way that I want to, you know, I'm doing real estate now, just referral wise to people that I really like, you know, because the most precious thing we have is time. And I'm using my business acumen that I've learned over the years to now start producing and creating as well. So does that kind of answer? It does. It does. And we are already at the break. It's amazing how quickly it comes. So we are going to take a few moments right now and uh, shout out to our audience, Wickedly Smart Women. We could use some help. If you are enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to let you know, if you have any interest in starting a podcast of your own, I am opening up a very limited number of spaces to help people to start a podcast if it's a fit for us to work together. So if you want to find out more about that, you can go to startapodcastnow.com and uh, just read what's on that page there and then click the apply button. And if it's a fit for us to have a conversation with one another, we will. And uh, perhaps you can come play with me and I'll teach you how to rank and make bank. Uh, We do want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We are actually number one in New Zealand podcast, and we are welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. I want to shout out this week to our listeners in, let's do this for Wendy, our listeners in Australia, our listeners in London, and our listeners in Hollywood. And we'll be right back with Wendy Wilkins. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by Women in Transition, Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. 
Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with our beautiful guest, Wendy Wilkins. You can find out more about Wendy and you can even DM her and have a quick chat with her if you're inspired to uh, reach out and connect with her on Instagram. You can just go to at Wendy Wilkins OZ and that's on Instagram. We will have that in the show notes for you or you can obviously Google her to find out more about her. And uh, do definitely recommend that you go ahead and follow her on Instagram and reach out to her if you're inspired to just have a little conversation with her about maybe making some changes in your own life and following your own gut to do something that may seem on the uh, surface or you may have been conditioned to believe is impossible for you or something that won't make you money or won't allow you to be successful and maybe she can disabuse you of that notion because she's the living embodiment of somebody who followed her own dream. So, Wendy, I would love to ask you about valuing your own vision because I believe that most wickedly smart women, any of whom are stepping into either entrepreneurship or who are entrepreneurial or have their own businesses or maybe even who are in a corporate situation or in a... Kind of like real estate isn't really corporate, but it's not really self-employed either. It's kind of an interesting gray zone in the real estate world. But people who are in that place where they're getting up in the morning and they're like, I I can't do this anymore, even if it's financially lucrative, and they, they know that it's time to make a change, can you talk about like what it took for you internally to not only follow your gut, but to really value your own vision and really invest your time, your energy, your money, and your attention in bringing that vision into fruition. Sure. Yeah. I I think I touched on it before about once you know you have the potential to make money, then it frees you up a bit. So in my case, I, I owned a number of properties. I was, you know, quite successful in that area, but I certainly had a plan of five years sort of letting myself study, so to speak, rather than worry about earning money, though, you know, there was some investments and things like that. So I I would definitely suggest to have a stepping stone approach to making a change. And, you know, and it doesn't have to be as diverse as what I did, like moving countries and, and all that sort of thing. But I would suggest to have a little kind of nest egg for at least a year to, because there's nothing worse than feeling that desperation of how are you going to pay your bills and things like that. And, or even, you know, it depends on what kind of person you are and what your, your situation is, how you feel, because you could either go, I'm going to go for it and just quit and just follow that passion and just do it. And, you know, in most cases, you probably could go back to what you were doing before if it doesn't all work out. Though, mind you, when people said that to me, I was, didn't like it. You know, I was like, no, I'm going that way. Or, you know, you can, you know, I was studying acting part-time while I was still doing real estate. So you can stepping stone into it to sort of tread the waters and see if it's a fit because until you try it, you don't know. Mm. But I definitely think just make that move because I don't know anyone that's regretted that. Yeah, I agree. Well, when I left real estate, I was in a place, I had gotten to the point in my real estate career 
where I knew if I stayed another minute, I was going to die. So I was one of those that just jumped and yes. said, you know, okay, I found my wings. I had to find my wings, right? I jumped right off the edge and I had to find my wings. And in retrospect, I think it would have been easier on my central nervous system and my health and, you know, a lot of things if I had been, if I had at that point had a little bit more of a stepping stone mentality, but it can happen either way. And I, I totally agree with you that having some kind of cushion and, you know, thankfully I did have some kind of a, a financial cushion that allowed me to make the leap as well. I do think having a financial cushion is, uh, is really wise. And I would never tell somebody who's absolutely 100% passionate that they have to go do something. I would never tell them to not do it. So I think that for me, the passion is, is key. So I want to ask you if there's anything in particular that you really want to impart about either your own mindset, your own courage in moving countries and moving careers, or in creating something out of nothing, because that's something that you do. As a producer, you're literally creating something out of an idea, right? Something out yeah. of nothing. So can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, there's a, there's a few things. I think, first of all, surround yourself with positive people. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really important because, you know, there was quite a few people that said, aren't you a little old to be changing careers? <laughs> you know? But my close girlfriends were inspired and kind of said they were living through me. So, <laughs> you know, so, so I think that's really important. Surround yourself with positive people. Read, you know, inspiring stories about maybe not exactly the same as your path, but, you know, another path because you'll find that if there's a career you want to follow, those people at the top, including you, Angel, like we've been through really tough times and your mess can be your success too. Don't be afraid that you stumble and fall and maybe go back three steps and two steps forward for a little bit because it's, but as long as you're, you know, having some momentum and you're taking one step, even if you write and journal uh, that you're going to do, you know, one thing each week towards it, because if it's really in your gut, what you want to do, it will happen. You'll make it happen because, you know, you'll have the passion and it's the same actually with producing. I mean, with a screenplay or a project, I mean, I've written so many things that are just, no, you know, after a month, it's like, oh, no, I'm not passionate about that anymore. But if you're going to live with something for years, then you really have to be mostly happy to do it. I mean, there's always something that's not perfect, but you get what I mean. Yeah. There was something that you said there that I think is really important for anybody who's listening who is creative. And I believe we're all creative, right? Yes. Yeah. And I believe wickedly smart women are wickedly creative. <laughs> but I, th I think there's something really powerful about being able to create something, let it sit for a little bit, and then get clear, oh, I actually don't want to energize that any further. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up because that's one thing that I think has been a really speaks to my success is that I do say no to a lot of things, um, even if it's in my gut or, you know, you know, with real estate now, I do not take on clients that are difficult. I don't, I mean, I've had 25 years of experience. If you don't let me do my job or questioning what I'm doing, then I'm not the right person for you. 
And it's the same as an actress. Not every role's, and this took me a while to learn too, not every role's for me. The role that I got, the movie that I'm out now, that was just the perfect casting for me. By the way, it was Devil Wears Prada Boss meets Goldie Horn in Overboard. So, was, so that's like my, my perfect casting. So Beautiful. I love it. And so let's close by talking a little bit more about saying no, right? Because you said no at one point to being a cop anymore, right? You said no to living in Australia. You said no to living in London after you'd said yes to those things. So I'd love to ask you about what happens for you internally when you have said yes to something, you've moved ahead with it, you've embraced it, and then you get to a point where you know that it's time to say goodbye. Do you have like some kind of internal knowing around that? Can you talk a little bit more about your own process of letting go? Yeah, I think that's a really important thing that a lot of people don't do, that it's they're in something that it's like, well, I've done it this long, I've got to stick with it, or I'm in this relationship, I've been in it this long, I'm too scared to leave it. Or So for me, I, I have stayed in some relationships a bit longer than I should have, but generally I do internally finally have an internal clock that says, no, it's time to change parts. And yeah, it's a building. It's not like it's starting to marinate and then, okay, time to change course. And I think that that's something really important for creatives and in general that it's okay to, you know, I was just having this conversation with a fabulous actress friend of mine recently and she was saying that she, you know, she tried the banjo, she tried this, she tried that. And someone was sort of saying, oh, you've tried so many different things, you know, you should stick to one thing. And he said, no, this, it's okay to try things and not finish them. You know, I've got so many screenplays that aren't finished. <laughs> it's okay. So give yourself permission to, to try. And there's no such thing as a mistake. You know, it's not a failure, it's a journey. And that's what's really uh, exciting for me is that I'm on this journey and it wasn't exactly how I planned it to be, but I mostly wake up every day feeling pretty happy. <laughs> so I think that's the barometer. I love it. What a beautiful, beautiful way to end today's show. That was so powerful. I love the reminder that we can have 27 projects and it's okay. <laughs> it's really, truly okay. As soon as you said that, I was thinking about like, that would be like making a stew and just putting the meat in. If you had to only do one thing, here we are, we're making a stew. All we're doing is putting in the meat. What would happen if we just did that instead of putting in the carrots and the potatoes and the onions and the spices and the pepper and all of the other fun things that go in? Find the one that works, the recipe that works. You know, Correct. the rises to the top, the one you're more passionate about. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Wickedly Smart Women. I hope that you really got something powerful out of Wendy's time with us today. We do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line at 540-402-0043, extension 4343. We will have that in the show notes for you. Uh, you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. 
definitely check out Wendy at Wendy Wilkins Oz on Instagram and send her a DM if you're feeling inspired to ask her for some support or questions around being able to successfully leapfrog from one place to another and weave together a variety of interests into a cohesive, successful, joyful, happy life. And we want to thank you for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.